1: Join me, Emily Tish Sussman, every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Hey, everybody, this is Chuck, and welcome to uh, I guess this is week three of SYSK Selects, where we give you one of our favorite or maybe a timely episode from our vault that maybe you didn't hear. And uh, we're curating these uh, individually, and this is my pick. Lying Liars, colon, How Lying Works, Liar. <laughs> I think that was, sounds like a Josh title. It's a great one. Uh, and this is from June of 2012. And um, I don't know, I just remember this being a pretty good episode. And lying is um, just a pretty interesting concept to me. And so I wanted to make this my selection this week. And I hope you enjoy it.
1: Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com.
0: Hey and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant. Right? Yeah. Take it, Chuck. <laughs> uh, Josh, that, uh,
2: that shirt looks great on you today. I just want to say that uh, I really like a checked pattern.
0: Well, I, I see what you're doing. Um, you're blinking and you're scratching your face. You look like you have scabies, like my friend Dirty Mitch. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't indicate necessarily that you're lying. I'm glad you said necessarily because they didn't say
2: that in this article and that was a very important omission. No, they did. They didn't say necessarily. They, meaning Tom. Tom didn't say necessarily. I had to write it in because what we're talking about are potential tells whether or not uh, whether or not you can recognize a lie and people often associate blinking, scratching the face, covering the mouth sure. as... Uh, Surefire indicators, and that's not necessarily the case. Is it?
0: No, it's not. And let's just get that out right now. Yeah. Um, it's because there aren't any surefire behaviors where you're like, "Oh, you're lying." Like the one I always heard was touching your touching your face. Yeah, right. That's it's based on the idea that somebody might do that. Sure, if they don't normally do that. Right. Or if before this whole conversation started, mm-hmm. and a lie. Uh, uh, They're placed in a position where they're lying, yeah. where they're choosing to lie. And they start doing that. They are now deviating from their baseline behavior. And that's what the important thing is. Exactly. That's where you add the qualifier necessarily.
2: Like Tom said. Yeah. Like maybe the dude has an eyelash in his eye. yes, yeah. And he's rubbing his eyes. Right. Or blinking a lot. So, yeah, it's interesting. We or just maybe gave away something.
0: rosacea. Yeah. That's why he's scratching his face. <laughs> True. Um, Or
2: scabies. Or maybe someone's self-conscious because of a missing front tooth, so they cover their mouth when they talk.
0: I cover my mouth when I talk, um, especially when I'm eating. Oh, yeah, sure. But you're just not supposed to talk while you eat.
2: Yeah, Emily does that because she can't stop talking (laughs) ever, so she'll just talk while she eats and cover her mouth.
0: So I'm not even going to bother to ask you if you've ever lied. I've lied today. Have you? Sure, so have you. I'm sure. I've, apparently, according to studies mm-hmm. I have, um, you found a few studies that I I've, I've thought were a little... Let's get into them. <laughs> okay. I mean, so they're surprising. Like, one of them found that a quarter of uh, of all of our daily interactions involve lies. That seemed a little high. That is... That's really high. Yeah. It, I Like, I really... I don't think, like, I'm naive. I, I I went back and just kind of, like, evaluated my behavior. I'm like, hmm... Still seems high. Yeah, agreed. So, uh, who, is everyone else lying more than us? Are, are these just, uh, really rotten people? I don't know. That, that happen to be part of this random sample in the study? Well, and,
2: uh, you know, you pull up any study on lying and you're gonna find a different result, like, people lie every 90
0: minutes, people lie every 90 seconds, yeah. they lie twice a day. Right. That kind of thing. Yeah. So, um. It's a little the hinky. The field of psychology is failing miserably at studying lying, is what you're saying. Yeah.
2: As far as coming up with hard, because I don't think there are any hard and fast rules. I no. might not lie at all today, or I might lie ten times tomorrow.
0: If you don't lie at all today, they'll make a movie about you.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're right. Don't they make movies like that? Oh, sure. You okay. either can't lie, right? Jim Carrey's
0: case. Yeah. Or, yeah, that's usually the the plot. Yeah. So, so, I guess before we get into the studies, do you want to talk about what is a lie? Yeah, you dug this up. I like these definitions. So there's this philosopher named uh, Cecilia Bach, who is a Swedish philosopher who published a book in 1978 that apparently still to this day is like the the authority on um, lying. And philosophically speaking, they did the good work in the 70s lying. in psychology. I think uh, they were smoking a lot of weed. Yeah, is that what it was? Um, yeah, and she's a philosopher. Um so this is the philosophical ethical approach sure. to lying and so Cecilia Bach um came up with a basically a definition of a lie and she said that it has three features um that it communicates some information okay no philosophers tend to choose their words carefully yeah. they're, they're like almost the poets of the humanities agreed especially if you don't include poetry as a humanity yeah um the liar intends to deceive or mislead Of course. And the liar believes that what they're saying is not true.
2: So they haven't tricked themselves into believing uh, that they, like O.J., believes that he did not kill his wife.
0: Yeah. I I, I don't know. I think that's a different conversation altogether because that begs the question, is it really possible to fully trick yourself into believing something you know is not true is true?
2: Uh, You always hear that that can happen. Like you become so... um, entrenched in that lie for so long that you don't even
0: realize it's a lie anymore. I'd like to see the study on that, though. Yeah. I'm sure somebody's got one out there. Yeah. But so those three, you put those three things together and um, you have a lie. You're communicating information, right? Yeah. Um, you're you intend to deceive and you don't believe what you're saying is right. true.
2: And all apologies to OJ, by the way. <laughs> that was really uncalled for. Yeah,
0: really. Sorry. That was very uncalled for, Chuck. Shame on you for... No, right, go ahead. Um, so, uh, the, there's a big debate, though, about whether or not, um, the lie has to have false information to it.
2: Yeah, that's what I don't quite understand. Can you explain that?
0: Yeah, so, example, um, I, I like your shirt, and I know that you hate shirts that have armpit stains on them. Right. But I know at that at the present time, mm-hmm. you also have a, a pinched nerve in your neck, so you can't see very clearly. Okay. So I want your shirt. I know you'll give it to me if I tell you there's an armpit stain. I don't think there's an armpit stain. I don't believe what I'm saying is true. But I say, Chuck, that that modest mouth shirt has an armpit stain. You should probably give it to me. And you take it off and give it to me. And the shirt actually has an armpit stain, and someone pops their head in and goes "wah wah wah." <laughs> that was not false information. I, I get you. Even though I intended to deceive you, I didn't believe what I was saying. Sure, I was just communicating information. That's the that's the point. Okay. But that brings up another philosophical question: like, is a lie of omission then a lie? Because you're not communicating anything.
2: Well, and that's in, that in, in Tom's article. They talk about. Um, the reason the U.S. court system say the whole truth and nothing but the truth is because a lie of omission sometimes is not as uh, looked down upon because you're not actually constructing some falsehood; right. you're just not telling the whole truth.
0: Right. Interesting. Yeah, a, a lot of it's a version very of subjective. a lie. Yeah, you know. Sure. I think. Uh, I think ultimately you can follow the conclusion is that most philosophers believe that lying is bad. Oh yeah. But that there are exceptions to the rule. Like if a murderer comes up and says, hey, I'm looking for my next victim. Uh, have you seen this man? <laughs> and you have seen this man and you know where he is? Yeah. Then I'm making this really basic yeah, here. That's but, as elementary as it gets. But that's a, that's a that's an example of when a lie is beneficial. You're thwarting a murder and saving somebody's life. Yes, you should lie. Sure. They're, or
2: obviously a white lie, which kids learn early on um, is something you do oftentimes to spare the feelings of someone else. Right. That that uh, top does not make you look fat. I think it's cut just just fine. Sure. But maybe you should wear that other one because he look great in black.
0: Well, you, I, I imagine if you're dealing <laughs> with an intelligent person, you've shown your hand at that point. Oh, not necessarily. Yeah. Um, but you did mention kids. You mentioned white lies. Yeah. So you found a study, supposedly, according to Tom, Around age two or three, we realize that we're not being constantly supervised. That that reality exists outside of other people's view. Our reality sometimes does when we go into another room. Sure.
2: Mom's in the other room. I'm still in here playing.
0: Yes. And it becomes clear to us that we are responsible for conveying that information, but we have a choice, e.g. free will. That allows us to decide whether that we convey that information truthfully or dishonestly. Right. Right? Yeah. And then after that, it just takes off like a rocket.
2: Yeah. Um, this one study um, found that nine in ten of the kids that they spied on, and this is just this is just cruel. They put kids in a room right. with like a stuffed animal, or they called it a soft toy, which was a little creepy, <laughs> um, behind them and said, don't look at that behind you. And they would leave the room and videotape them. And, of course, nine out of ten kids turned around and looked at it. And then, did it actually say how many of them lied? Um, I don't even see that. I guess they were just told not to look at it. and you know. I don't know if that's a lie. Yeah, that's a little hinky.
0: It's not following orders. It's disobeying. All right,
2: well, how about this? The second part of that study was older kids. They would give them a test with the answers on the back and tell them not to look at the answers. Right. Give them a fake answer, and when they... Uh, we asked to explain the fake answer. They would make up a lie, like, "Oh, I learned that in history class."
0: Right, and actually, the the question was who discovered Tunisia? That's one of them. And the on the back, the answer um, was a fake answer: Presidius Aikman. <laughs> and so, some the dumb kids some from Star Wars who cheated said, "It does, doesn't it?" Yeah. Um, the dumb kids who cheated put that down, and uh, but then when given the opportunity to fess up. Most of them lied. What I disagree with about this study was that, um, it said that the smartest kids told the best lies. How do you qualify what a, you know, the best lies? Uh, if it's believable and conveyed in a way that's, uh, but that's all subjective with
2: with confidence.
0: That's totally subjective. Yeah, you're right. It's methodologically unsound.
2: But the whole point of these studies was they believe that children who are able to lie, Mm -hmm. um, have faster developing brains, uh, especially the areas involved in executive functioning. So right. they believe, they concur, that a child who lies early on might be more successful later in life.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you can make a case that lying is um, basically using your imagination. Yeah. Especially when you're a child. And they, they
2: have uh, other studies that support the fact that rich people are more prone to lie uh, and manipulate, so. Huh.
0: Rich people are more prone to do a lot of
2: shady stuff. You think? <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. That's how a lot of them get rich.
0: Huh.
2: You yeah. know? Hmm.
0: Chuck. Yes. Um. you wanna talk about why people tell lies? Like some of the great categories of lies? The big six? Is that what you call it? <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh,
2: number one, Josh, is to conceal a misdeed and stay out of trouble. And even at the advanced age of 41, this is the reason I will most often lie. Oh, okay. Because I hate being in trouble and I will try and cover for myself uh, sometimes, even though in the end and in the long run, it's better to tell the truth. Agreed. The, the short term, you might get away with something, but you're not doing yourself any favors.
0: No, I call these lies of cowardice. Thank you. <laughs> it's basically it sucks. I mean, it sucks yeah. that you're you're having to like go through this terrible, uncomfortable, you know, moment or whatever it is. But I'm really glad Tom pointed out. At least in the short term, you might not gain an advantage. But overall, like there is a positive outcome. You're building trust, sure. by fessing up or of whatever. Course. You know,
2: uh, number two to preserve a reputation. In um, the example Tom used, is a drug ab- uh, drug addict recovering drug addict who might lie about having gone to rehab or something like that.
0: Right. Or to like a prospective romantic partner. Yeah. And I think that these are kind of understandable to an extent. It's it's like, you know, we have walls up. Yeah. You know you know, if you're if you're uh, just a normal person. You don't walk down the street like, hey, Josh, good to meet you. I spent some time in rehab. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, there's just a certain amount. And then once you get to that point, well, then maybe you are kind of short-shrifting somebody who's, who you consider close to. Yeah. Um, if you're not telling them that. But as
2: you gain trust, then you uh, open up more and Right. Are you more should. Truthful. Sure. Um, number three, <laughs> this one, uh, of course, we all get the white lie to avoid hurting someone's feelings. Yeah. We already kind of covered that. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, to increase stature or reputation.
0: Yeah. This these are weaselly.
2: Yeah, these are just the boastful people. They're like, yeah, I, I, w- I scored 42 in, uh, in a high school basketball game one time and Man. I won county and track and you're like, you do some investigation and you realize they weren't even on the track team.
0: Right. And I've realized that, like, when you know, when you have a lot of these people in your life, like, yeah. they're, they're you sh- it's time to get introspective because there's something wrong, <laughs> wrong with the way that you're living if you have oh, okay. people like this yeah. I- orbiting you yeah. a lot. Those
2: people wear me out.
0: They really do. I've done a pretty good job of shaking, you know, everybody like that off. I don't, I can't think of anybody in my life, like even acquaintance wise. Yeah. That is like that just makes up lies about themselves.
2: Agreed. And I have known people like that. Sure. They don't stick around.
0: No. Especially once you get out of what your like mid twenties is like the edge yeah. of what, you know, where, where you should be interacting with those people still.
2: Well, and I think that's sort of a, an immaturity thing too. Like right. if you're still doing that when you, as you grow older, then you've got some serious problems. But everyone, when they're younger, probably stretches the truth about things they've done.
0: Sure. But even still, don't you remember like it just kind of being uncomfortable when oh, somebody yeah. was doing this and you're, everyone in the, this group that they're talking yeah. to is like, we know you're lying. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, this used is to know just, please stop. This is, wow. You might as well be putting bamboo shoots under our fingernails.
2: Um, number five, to manipulate. And this is probably something, like I said, the rich people are more prone to lie. Um, this isn't evasive or defensive. It's to gain something for yourself
0: yeah it's pretty pretty it's a the most vicious type of lying probably so because it also can involve telling lies about other people
2: right to get ahead right that's all to
0: destroy someone else's reputation yeah
2: man those people there's a special place in Dante's circle for you
0: agreed now those people you start to run into more of especially as you enter right. like, the corporate world
2: and you know what they may be the same people who were telling the other lies when they were younger. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They just evolved into the, to be manipulators. Yeah. Uh, and the last one, Josh, is, uh, to control information. Um, and this is what we mentioned about indirect lying or like withholding parts of the truth.
0: Right. A lie of omission. Yeah.
2: Which I'm more able to forgive something like that.
0: Okay. Um, so that's, (laughs) as you called it, the big six, huh? The big six. Um, Chuck, uh, kind of one of the running themes that we've had here is that everybody lies. I don't think that we've... I, yeah, you said it explicitly. I that think, everyone lies. In, yeah. Every, I bet the Dalai Lama lying. doesn't lie. I, I don't know. I could see him wanting to preserve harmony or balance or something like that at a diplomatic dinner or something. or Right. To, w- with one of his followers' feelings about, like, yes, that is a really nice sand mandala. Uh,
2: sure. You know? Yeah, he's put in a lot of high-pressure social situations.
0: Sure. So at the very least everyone has little white lies i imagine like right sure um but there are some types of personalities that are much more prone to lying um the big five yes like pathological liars
2: yes they are the worst of the worst because they are sociopathic (laughs) and they don't understand right and wrong um and they have, they're have; they probably really good liars because they don't understand right or wrong because they're not going to have the stresses associated with guilt and lying.
0: Yeah. Bad people. Yeah, their consciences don't put them through their paces when they're lying because they lack in whole or in part consciences compared to non-sociopathic people.
2: Right. Uh, number two, I've known one of these people, a compulsive liar, and I really felt bad for him because yeah. they almost seem like they can't help it.
0: Yeah, and you would think, um, a pathological liar and a compulsive liar are one in the same. Not true. No, a compulsive liar, um, a pathological liar lies, um, as a strategy. It's a means of gaining advantage. Um, a compulsive liar, like, can't help it. Like, they have, tr- their brain has been trained to lie. Yeah. As a first resort. Mm-hmm. Even if they're not, a- if there's no gain whatsoever in lying, They, they will still just generally lie. It's the first thing. It's their gut reaction.
2: It's, uh, this guy I knew, it was really clear that he lied as a first option as his go-to when he didn't need to. And it was so frustrating. Sure. And I had a sort of a big brotherly relationship to this guy. So it wasn't, he wasn't a peer. So I tried to help him through that, but, um, I haven't talked to him in a long time. I don't know if it worked. So you abandoned him? (laughs) I abandoned him. Um, And one of the, and this of course makes sense in his case too, without getting specific, but said that living in an abusive environment where lying is necessary to self preservation might be where that stems from. Yeah. And I think that was the case for him.
0: Yeah, it's like the the brain has been trained to, um, lie. Like this is what you do. Yeah. It's, uh, but the, the good thing is, is if you, run across somebody in your life who cares enough about you that can be trained out of you, I imagine. Yeah. Although I'm sure it's a painful process for both people.
2: Yeah, it's probably a... The, like, <laughs> well,
0: you were really waiting for me to say people. Cult deprogramming. Yeah. Um, Narcissists, of course, will lie. These are the people who um, lie to increase stature and reputation. Yeah. But they do themselves no favors. No. Uh, borderline personalities. I thought this one was kind of interesting. They... um will go through wild mood swings and engage in really risky behavior, mm-hmm. but then they come back down to normalcy and they're like, oh, um, I just gambled away our savings right. account. And then they'll lie to cover those up. Right. Uh, and then histrionic personalities.
2: Uh, these are people, if you have like a true histrionic personality disorder, you are, uh, attention seeking, uh, excessively needy, uh, for approval and emotional. Yeah. Um, yeah. Apparently women are more prone to be, uh, histrionic by a ratio of four to one. Oh, is that right? That's what they say. Or at least I have the disorder. And you can, um th- these are people desperate for attention, like, if you leave, if you walk out the door, I'm gonna kill myself. That was a great example Tom used.
0: Yeah. That's a lie. You mean I were on this air tram flight once in this, um we were waiting to take off and this, caterer was backing off of the little – on his little sky ramp, he was backing away from the other door, the catering door. Yeah. Um, And apparently he was still hooked to part of her or whatever, and the steward was like, no, no, don't, don't. And he kept going, and she turned around and was like, well, we're not going anywhere for a while. And the way she said it, you could tell – we were discussing this like neither one of us believed her. We just knew she was wrong. Yeah. Because just, she just threw it out there, like, oh, well, we're not going anywhere for a while, like, and of course, like, everything was fine within like 15 minutes. Right. But the way she sounded, it was gonna be like, stuck in a tarmac for three hours, and it, it was weird, we were afforded this glimpse into this woman's true personality. Yeah, yeah. And I, I wouldn't have hung out with her. It's the histrionics. <laughs> she was a bit histrionic. Yeah. And that was probably low level, you could tell. Right. Yeah.
3: Alright, so stay away from her.
1: Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: How can you tell if someone's lying? We've talked about microexpressions. Yeah, we have. In the micro expressions, micro expressions episode. episode. Yeah. That was like three years ago.
0: Uh, yeah. Ago. Yeah, it has been. Well, basically, the for those people who don't know that we have a good 130, 150 episodes Still Not on iTunes? Not on iTunes. Yeah. Um, we The episode we did on microexpressions, basically a microexpression is a, an uncontrollable, fleeting, like millisecond long mm-hmm. facial expression that is linked to your true feelings. That right. was longer than a millisecond.
2: <laughs> I just made a quick frowny face.
0: That was a grimace. Yeah, was it? Uh, you look like Megan M. Ram. I don't know who that is. Uh, she's on Twitter going like this. <laughs> It's hilarious. Um, anyway, uh, it's it's a you can't control it. It's linked to your true feelings, mm-hmm. and people uh, have been shown uh, to be able to to pick up on these without even consciously knowing it. Right. You just get what we would call a gut feeling about somebody. Right. Because their smile and that sudden fleeting micro expression of like contempt back into a smile mm-hmm. that you didn't really see, but you caught. Don't add up. Gotcha. And your body's like, why am I having a weird reaction to this person? So that's a micro-expression, and they're they're apparently linked to lies and lying. So basically, if you have a gut feeling that somebody's lying... You might be onto something. Yes, and it might be because of a micro-expression that you saw. Interesting. You know this. I know, but I still find it interesting. Okay. I'm not lying. That's your new thing, interesting. Did you know that?
2: That I said that? Uh-huh. Um, I've been on that for a while. Yeah? Am I, have I ramped it up lately? Mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, these are nonverbal cues by the way uh, micro expressions another one is a forced smile and I think we've talked about this too that's when you smile with your mouth only
0: yeah that's so creepy the, it is The seeing it you're just like you know what are you doing like, right, right. you look weird right now um, but seeing it described the way Tom wrote it which is a perfect description was creepy to me
2: yes it was um Another thing you can look for is like someone's nodding yes during a denial. Some kind, That could be a dead giveaway. That's terrible. Uh, sometimes it's like way more outward. Like you get literally in a defensive position. Right. Like crossing your arms or.
0: Moving like away. Turning away from somebody. Yeah. Who's questioning you. And fidgeting. Finally, we get to fidgeting. Like fidgeting is significant if the person is normally calm. Right. Or doesn't normally fidget. If right. it's a fidgety, nervous person to begin with, then that doesn't that doesn't mean that they're lying. Sure. If they're fidgety and then they get calm all of a sudden while you think that they're lying, then you, you're on to something there. But they're probably the weirdest person in the world, and you should force them into lies just to watch <laughs> them go from fidgety <laughs> to normal because that'd be really odd to see. Uh,
2: um, verbal uh, sometimes... You know, you can pick up on nonverbal cues. Sometimes they are quite verbal. Um, so, like, ask, ask me a question. Ask me, why didn't I uh, come over last night and help you with your uh, with your lawn mowing?
0: <laughs> uh, that's a terrible question. All right, well, ask me something else then. Why did you tell me that the Sweetwater uh, thing doesn't have a date when it clearly does?
2: Well... I'll fake it and then I'll tell you the real answer because okay. that actually does have a real answer. Um, So what? You're saying that you looked and saw that my band gig for Sweetwater didn't have a date on it? Is that what you're asking me? Yes. Well, I mean, I could tell you uh, right now exactly there's a very good reason for that, Josh. Then
0: why don't you, liar?
2: So those are some of the not, uh, actually verbal cues. Taking too long, not using contractions, repeating the question, Mm -hmm. basically buying yourself some time. Not
0: using contractions is hilarious to me. Like, I cannot believe that you want to know why I didn't tell you, (laughs) why I did not tell you this. Yeah. And the reason why? The real reason why? No, the reason why you're not using contractions. Well, to draw it out. So your brain can, the other part of your brain can come up with the answer. That's So, so hilarious.
2: The real reason why... I said that about Sweetwater, is because I just found out two days ago that they have gone with another band, and no it is way. officially canceled.
0: No. Yeah.
2: I was a little bummed. Do you want me to talk to somebody? No. Oh, wow. Now, I was told that one of the reasons why they went with another band is because we didn't have like video and things to send to show. I thought, so you, I thought you
0: clogged up your um, 250 gig computer with HD videos.
2: <laughs> yeah, but... A lot of the stuff we don't want
0: to send out. So oh, anyway. is it like a lot of pantsless? Yeah. Pantsless El of Vez? Yeah, pantsless. Well, yes. I think that stinks. If you're at Sweetwater Brew right now, shame on
2: you. No, this isn't them. This was a, a NGO. This is a fundraiser. So the fan who wrote in to ask you... Yes. Bumped you? Bumped me. <laughs> really? For another band, and I'd looked at the other band, too. Like, they
0: have a website and videos and... Okay. Lady... <laughs> Stop listening right now. No, don't do that. At least for the rest of the episode. It's okay. It was humbling. Well, I'm sorry that I brought it up, Chuck. <laughs> That's okay. Might as well get it out there. I'm glad you did, because you probably thought I was lying to you. I did.
2: All right. Where are we? We are now going to teach people how to lie, which I thought was an interesting feature of this article.
0: Okay, I... um. I thought it was interesting. I also refuse to do it. I find it wholly amoral to teach people how to lie. Do you want to skip this then? No, but I, uh, it's still information. I feel like we can say people who are successful at lying mm-hmm. tend to do certain things, but teaching somebody how to lie, mm-hmm. I think is just utterly wrong.
2: Well, I imagine there's been more than one attorney give these instructions to their clients. Definitely. On the stand. But I mean, who pre-stand. likes attorneys? Nobody. <laughs> Well, we're making all kinds of friends today.
0: Attorneys <laughs> yeah. in Detroit especially.
2: P-U. <laughs> all right. So here's how to lie. So says Tom Sheep. Stay-
0: no. This is what successful liars do.
2: Okay. Stay calm. That's what they'll probably tell you before you get on the witness stand. They'll well, coach you up.
0: especially with the polygraph.
2: Yeah, sure. Because it measures all those fluctuations and what? Temperature and heart rate. And-
0: yeah. You're, yeah, you're. Yeah, those two things. <laughs> yeah,
2: just those two. Things. Uh keep it simple, stupid. And yeah. this one, boy, you see this one when someone's cooking up a lie and they you know they're lying when they start adding all these details
0: because they think, well, the more detailed, like who could make this up? I was thinking about this and I was like wh- while I was reading this, I was like going over my own behaviors, using myself as a oh, yeah, model. It's too. impossible not to, I guess, right? Agreed. Um this this I did not get. Like, I, I I tried to think back to, like, any lie or story I've ever told, and, like, if if it, like just adding details and, like, st- information that has nothing to do with anything. Like, I don't get that. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, it probably means you're not a very good liar.
0: That's a good thing. I, I hope that's what it means.
2: But that's like the Eddie Murphy, uh, remember his joke about, you know, the lady caught the guy, like, the car was at the other lady's house, and it was just wasn't me. That's what he kept saying. Yeah, but I caught you and, you know, I caught you red hand and it wasn't me. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and that I guess that kind of goes back to it. Keep it as simple as possible.
0: R- uh, Richard Pryor apparently also had a little bit where, like, um he said that he came in and found, like, his wife or his girlfriend in bed with another guy and she's like, who are you going to believe? Me or your lion eyes? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah.
2: Um Remain steady. Um And this goes back to the You will be, you're being studied by, let's go ahead and use the courtroom example. Like we're coaching you to go on the stand. This jury's going to be watching you. Just remain steady. If you're all
0: fidgety, stay fidgety. People who are good liars tend to remain steady. Right. And what we mean by that is not just like you have to keep a steady hand. Mm -hmm. That was already covered in, in staying calm. People who are good liars continue the behavior that they were, that they if they were relaxed before this, a line of questioning started, they're right. relaxed during it, and they're relaxed after. Right. If they're fidgety, then they're fidgety before, during, and after.
2: Yeah, because they say one of the telltale signs is, um, or the way, uh, one way to trip up a liar, which we'll talk about, is to Mm-mm. change the subject, right. and see if you see them relax, right, because they think, oh man, that's over, thank God.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tom says um, once the questioning is over, don't suddenly relax and appear relieved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I can get down now exactly.
2: <laughs> off the stand. Um, and then uh, good liars generally are affable, which makes sense. yeah they make people want to believe them.
0: Yeah because I think if you don't like somebody, it's easier to be suspicious of them. Yeah, well know how many people have gotten away with horrible stuff because they just seem likable? Yeah. What about uh, Ted Bundy? How many people sure. how many more people was he able to kill? Yeah. And he got caught. Remember we talked about him before. Oh, yeah. He got caught because he went on like just a completely reckless like killing rampage in a sorority house.
2: Yeah, he killed for
0: years before that. Yeah, but he was uh Getting white and he had a good haircut. So yeah. I mean seen- he couldn't he couldn't have been any threat to anybody. Right. You know? I love that serial killer
2: stuff. I could do like every other show on some aspect of that.
0: We'll do another serial killer one. Okay. Okay. So Chuck. Yeah. I will, I don't find it amoral to teach people to tell when someone is lying. Right. So that we can do. Five steps. The big five. The big part five. two.
2: Part two. Um, and we kind of already talked about establishing the baseline. Like, if you think someone might be lying and you're quizzing them, look at their behavior very closely and determine how they just normally act. And just go ahead and log that in your brain. That's step one.
0: Right, and I mean this is like I guess if this is if you're a uh, professional interrogator, yeah, like the lady in that terrible show, mm-hmm. um, or on Law and Order, the great shows, um, or if you're on a jury, this is good advice if you
2: sit on a jury to watch these people. That's understand. a good one too, for yeah.
0: sure. Um, or if you are um something, uh, if you are really. Hell-bent on finding out if somebody that you interact with is lying to you. Yeah. And you do a lot of pre-planning. You could do this, too. But, yes, you before you let on that there's a line of questioning that's going to be coming up, you want to interact with the person and, and um, make notes about their behavior. Yeah. Are they
2: a fidgety Joe? Not literally in front of them making notes. <laughs> right. Because will give you away.
0: Or if you do do that, just don't let them see what you're writing. <laughs> exactly.
2: All right. So number two is uh, once you've established this, to look for deviations from that. Pretty much a no-brainer. Yeah. Like, do they start fidgeting, all that stuff?
0: Yeah. Or if they're a fidgety Joe, do they turn into a smooth Samuel <laughs> all of a sudden? That's weird. That, that, that would just be so weird. It would be. It's weirder if they're a smooth Samuel and they mm-hmm. turn into a fidgety Joe. <laughs> there you go. That's a, that's a deviation from the baseline. <laughs> that's right.
2: Uh, step three, you really got to listen. Um, somebody might be pretty steely with their nonverbal cues. Yeah. So just listen to what they're saying and... Is it adding up? If they're spouting off all kinds of details, yeah, maybe lead them down a different path and then jump back to those details and right. see if they're still on those.
0: And then you pick out a detail that seems a little hinky to you, as you would say, mm-hmm. and start asking them questions about that. Because right. then they may have to lie about the lie. Right. And if none of it's fitting, are they having to make up more information to explain why certain things aren't fitting into this? Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually, if you draw the line of questioning out enough, you're going to drive the person totally insane right because their brains are going over time. yeah, the telltale heart, I think and that would happen in that mm-hmm. they well, eventually his guilt finally pressure. got to him. They yeah. didn't even know what was going on those guys.
2: Oh yeah, that's right. they were sort of innocently questioning, yeah. and it was all in his head.
0: either that or it, it was really a phantom heart, right. That's the I guess you just shouldn't murder.
2: Yeah, boy, that John Cusack movie about Poe looks like one of the worst pieces of garbage ever made. It really does. Whose idea was that? Let's make a movie about Edgar Allan Poe as a as a murderous hunter and
0: I'm thinking John Cusack. Yeah, really. <laughs> Although I have to say Abe Lincoln Vampire Hunter looks awesome. Oh yeah, I totally want to see that. Man, I can't wait to see that. John and- Cusack's not in that though, is he? No, but oh, okay. I, I'm sorry. I saw the the um, preview for the Poe one and uh-huh. for the um, Abraham Lincoln one, like right next to each other. So gotcha. I, I link the two, they, okay. and they look similar in sure. mood or tone. Um. Oh, hold on. With um, with everything adding up yeah. and drawing it out. Yeah. One of the other things we talked about the body language where um, a body language might belie. What they're really thinking or what they really believe, where if you're, if you're denying something but you're nodding your head. Right. Didn't you talk about, um, A-Rod or somebody like that who was involved in steroids and he was on like oh, 20, yeah. 20 or 60 minutes and someone broke down their micro expressions? Yeah. And cl- found clearly that he was like, he was nodding his head when he said yes or yeah. something like that at one point. <laughs> So, um. Humans are so dumb. Yeah. And why you, why you're doing that? Normally our body language matches up to our thoughts because they're accurate and true. And and instinctual. Right. And when they're, when we're lying, not only do we have to think about the words we're saying and fabricate this alternate reality that doesn't really exist except in our heads. We also have to come up with the body language that's supposed to match us being calm, us being truthful, whatever. And so all of this thinky-thinky can be confusing to um, a liar. Yeah. And if, if you stretch it out over the course of enough time, yeah. a line of questioning, they're probably going to be like, why are you interrogating me or whatever. And you've broken them. And at that point, you just drive the hammer home (laughs) and literally beat them to death with a hammer. No, you don't. That's the inevitable conclusion of any line of questioning, right?
2: No. What you could do, though, is pause, because a pause in a conversation might make just a regular conversation feel uncomfortable. You talk about the awkward pause. Yeah. But man, if someone's cooking up a lie and you're asking them questions and you pause and this is a, a big time tactic by an attorney with someone on the stand. Yeah. That will seem like an eternity to those people.
0: Yeah. They may get fidgety or whatever. They'll yeah. turn into like Miranda July on that videotape and you me and everyone we know where she's like I could do <laughs> anything right now. <laughs> is that you, Did you see that? I did. I enjoyed that. Movie. You know what I'm talking uh-huh. about? I know exactly what you're talking about. So if somebody does that in the middle of a pause, uh-huh. during a line of questioning, <laughs> yeah. they're lying. Uh, and finally, or they're, or they're adorable and artsy, right? <laughs>
2: and are into mumblecore. Um, and then we talked about the last one. Step five is change the subject and see if you see them visibly relax and then go. aha,
0: Yeah. Where they're like, Whew. yeah. And they're like, oh, wait, no, I wasn't relaxing. <laughs> right. I'm on meth. Aha. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to catch somebody off guard. Or you can do the Colombo method. Let them off the hook, let them calm down, and then turn around and be like, one more question. Oh, is that what he would do? Oh, yeah, every time. That's how we would catch somebody, and that would be like the, like, they didn't have an answer for that, and it totally caught him off guard, and then he'd beat him to death with a hammer at the end of every episode. (laughs) Robert Blake, right? Isn't that Columbo? Peter Falk. Peter Falk. I always get those guys confused. Robert Blake
2: really did go to jail for murder. Yeah, that's because he really killed his wife. He was Beretta. That's right. I always get those confused, but not with the Rockford Files.
0: Oh no, that's uh Jim Jimmy Garner. Yeah, Yeah. he's great.
2: Um, All right, so I didn't look at any of the famous lies in history. They weren't. They were pretty much whatever standard. So we talked about the kids study. Um, I found an interesting link from the University of Southern California. Uh huh where they found what they believe is proof that uh, the brain structure of a pathological liar is different. They're actually wired differently than the rest of us.
0: Oh, yeah, I could totally see that because the brain is subject to plasticity. Yeah. So, and like so structurally it's different, right?
2: Well, that's what they say. They they took subjects, uh, 108 volunteers, and then interviewed them with psychological tests and placed them in different categories of like are you a repeated liar? Are you antisocial and a pathological liar, or are you normal? Okay? I guess a normal liar? And then they hooked him up to the old MRI, uh, the Wonder machine, and they found that liars had significantly more white matter and less gray matter, which they believe equates to um, liars are
0: quicker thinkers. Basically, yeah. White matter is the stuff that transmits yeah. the electrical impulses. They're right? more equipped to lie physically. Their brains think are on more their equipped. Feet. Yeah. Which, I'm, which I'm like one sense. big continuous lump of gray matter. Oh, yeah. I don't think I have any white matter whatsoever. <laughs> there's like a little, there's a donkey on like a ferry that goes across the mighty Mississippi. That's my, that's my neural <laughs> transmission. With Huck Finn. Yeah. Um, but Huck Finn is like really fat. And kind of dumb. (laughs) There they go right now. I can chuck that. Yeah. (laughs) The Big
3: Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe.
1: Mexico will likely have its first female president.
3: And then you have China.
1: And help you understand what's happening, what it means and why it matters.
3: He got his yo-yos to Europe in time. someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm
1: thinking about it quite often.
3: Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers.
2: Uh, and then this other thing we've touched on the um, thinking cap
0: transcranial magnetic stimulation yeah and, and what was that again TMS <laughs> oh it's the it was the thinking cap we did an episode on this too where there's a um, I guess it uses magnets
2: magnetic pulses. That can target very specific parts of the brain without By targeting others.
0: Laying a magnet that can pulse right over a specific part of your brain and going boom, boom, and then high frequency stuff makes you like you twitch and stuff like that. Low frequency can like give you a stutter, depending on the region of the brain. It's basically just messing with your brain, right? And the the neural firings. And it can make you more creative too. Wasn't that one of them? Yeah, that's what they found more creative and. Um, People could pick out like prime numbers out of a huge block of numbers, whether they couldn't do that before. That's right. Or they could draw a horse really well all of a sudden. So apparently, if um,
2: these volunteers were hooked up to the um, TMS uh, thinking cap machine, let's call it, and volunteered to have their uh, dorsolateral prefrontal cortex stimulated, which is um, complex thought and deception, decision making, and they found, and it has two sides like every other part of the brain. Okay. And they found that people who had the left side stimulated, lied more often. uh, And people on the right side were more likely to tell the truth. And they asked them, like, obvious questions, like, what color is this piece of paper? Like, lie to me or don't lie to me. And um, basically, it's early in the going here. I think this is from 2011, but they think this could lead to possibly one day, Instead of people taking a lie detector test, taking a lie prevention test, like hooking them up and basically you cannot lie to me while you're getting pulse like this.
0: That is crazy.
2: So did you kill your wife?
0: That is very crazy.
2: Did I? Oh, No, I wasn't asking you. Although I haven't seen you me in a while. She, she okay? just fine. I okay. saw her
0: this morning. Good. I'll have her uh, send you an email. Sure. <laughs> well, actually, it's funny you brought that up.
2: Because um, this last little study um, found that email people are only likely to lie in email 14% of the time. Yeah. Compared to 37% on the phone, 27% in person, and 20% via text. And I found that interesting.
0: I find it interesting, too. The phone makes sense because it's verbal communication, so you're more frightened. Sure. There's more intimidation which I think probably is one of the things that leads to lying among people more frequently than anything else, being intimidated. Right. You're um, not
2: face-to-face, which probably helps. Exactly. Yeah. So
0: the phone is the most um, lie-laden form of communication, right? Yeah. But email is the least lie-laden, and I think it's because you don't have to vocally express it. Sure. Plus, the Internet makes us all very brassy. <laughs> uh.
2: Well, plus email, too, also – there's like documented evidence, a paper trail or an electric paper trail.
0: It's, yeah, electronic. that's a good point, too.
2: Like, I wouldn't lie in an email because then somebody could take that email later on and bust me on it. It's true. I would only do that 14% of the time, evidently.
0: All right. Well, I record all of yours in my conversation, so I've got it all documented. Good. All of it. Oh, bad. I guess that's it. That's all I got. That was a lot. That was a lot on lying. We, t- we covered the philosophical aspects. You mentioned the brain. We poo-pooed psychology. Um, we talked about the big five, the big six, the other big five. We covered <laughs> everything in here. Yeah, and let us finish by
2: saying to kids out there, although it may seem like a good idea at the time, it is not a good idea in the long run, and your lie may just make things worse. In fact, it will very much likely make things much worse on you. Yeah.
0: Life. Agreed. To so tell the truth.
2: Agreed. It's a good habit to get into as you grow.
0: Oh, yeah. Those are the people who really kind of become the best. Agreed. Later on. Not mm-hmm. necessarily the richest. No? Although that's not the... Uh, Richard Branson never told a lie in his life, probably.
2: But there are riches beyond the dollar.
0: Exactly. That's what I'm driving at. And being honest is well. And I'm the mean. true trust of another person, it Dude, doesn't get much that. wealthier than that. Agreed. Uh, If you want to learn more about lying, you can uh, look it up by typing L-Y-I-N-G in the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. I said search bar in there. No lie. Which means it's time for Listener Mail.
2: Whoa, Nelly. (laughs) Whoa. We got a couple of quick announcements to make before Listener Mail. Uh, The first is we have, if you've listened to our Halloween episodes the past two years, we do readings. Uh, That are royalty free because they're old. Right. And they're good from Poe and Lovecraft and the like. Yeah. This year, we want to read one of your horror stories.
0: Absolutely true. Um, And we're going to do that through this long, complicated process by which starting (laughs) uh, this, uh, well, a little while ago, June 18th. Yeah. And running until July 20th, you can submit your own. Horror fiction, Yeah, That's sure. not been published any, anywhere else, mm-hmm. and that is between 3,000 and 4,000 words. That's right. You can send it in an email to howstuffworks underscore contests at discovery.com, right?
2: Yeah, and do yourself a favor. Uh, go read the rules, because you don't want to take the time to do this and then be disqualified.
0: No, there's a blog post on the blogs at HowStuffWorks, and it's titled something like uh, Stuff You Should Know is Horror Fiction Contest, colon... Get your official rules here. Something like that, and it's got all the rules. It has like a pithy introduction to the rules that um, we came up with, and <laughs> then um, so the the key here though is no matter what, um, you have to in the email write the words uh, by entering into the contest. I agree to abide by the contest rules. Right. Any email that that has a submission that doesn't have those words in it is automatically disqualified.
2: Yeah, and we don't want that because if you have worked on this. You know, We want you to be able to
0: win. Yeah. Um, it's only open to residents of the U.S. 18 or older, 18 as of June 18th. That's right. But anyway, you send them to us. We're going to read all of them. We're going to judge them. Uh, and then the, we're going to pick the top 16, enter them into a bracket, and it's going to be like the, the Thunderdome until everybody votes <laughs> on their favorite. And that yeah. favorite one is the one we'll read for our Halloween episode.
2: Pretty cool. Great idea. Josh's idea. I think he's uh, already regretting having thought of it. Because <laughs> of how complicated contests
0: are, they really, really are. Yeah, but I don't regret it. No, I'm, I'm very anxious not. and It'll looking be fun. forward to it. Um, so uh, Comic Con too. What? Yeah, we're going to be at Comic Con in San Diego. You're going to Comic Con? You are too, pal. Oh, that's right. No, I know. I booked my ticket. Oh, you booked your own? I had people book mine for me. <laughs> well, well. Um, so, uh, let's see. We're going to be at Comic Con on Thursday, July twelfth. And we're going to do a live podcast at a panel, right?
2: Yeah, right there at the convention center. Uh, We do not know what time exactly, but uh, we'll we'll announce that on Facebook and the like and Twitter.
0: And there's supposed to be possibly a special guest maybe. There's going to be trapezes, monkeys, circus peanuts, the whole thing.
2: Yeah, we can't announce the guests yet because we haven't locked it down. But hopefully they are in the fringe of society.
0: (laughs) All right, so Comic-Con Horror Fiction Contest. It's time now for Listener Mail. Uh, Josh, I'm going to call this uh, S-O-S-K, uh
2: Teaching America's Utes. Okay. Um, hi, guys, and Jerry. I've written before uh, you even mentioned my podcast, Our List, on your show once. Remember, we were the doppelgangers because we sent you T-shirts that you originally thought were you. Sure. And it was us. I remember those guys. Anyway, I wanted to write and thank you. Uh, besides being a podcaster, I am a teacher. My fourth graders were going to be dissecting earthworms and help uh, prepare them for their first ever dissection. I gave them a homework assignment of listening to the earthworm podcast. Great idea. Yeah. Um, Many had never listened to a podcast before, and I was wondering how they would react, and the overall response was
0: great. Except for the three that ended up with seizures for some (laughs) weird reason.
2: They found it funny that you discussed uh, species pronunciation, which... Turns out I was wrong. Remember I said, can't say species? Yeah. Apparently you can say either.
0: Uh, No, I said species. You said it's species or species. Or species or species. And I said, no, it's just species. So you were wrong in that. I just just wanted to make sure. I don't really remember, but (laughs) that's how it went there. Uh, They found the facts that you shared amazing.
2: I gave them a Questionnaire to fill out and Mr. Zach can spell the word question in. Zach as they listened and almost everyone completed their homework which is no small feat so thank you for giving me another way to reinforce my lessons uh, you may have some new fans in exchange and that is Mr. Zach at East Cooper Montessori Charter nice. in Mount Pleasant South Carolina
0: go coops out coops go barrel makers yes isn't that what coopers do oh is that a cooper mm-hmm. sure I think so Man, I hope it is. God, I hope it is. <laughs> um, thanks, Zach. It was good to hear from you guys again. Uh, and uh, where can they find their podcast, Chuck? It's called Our List. On iTunes, probably? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, easy old Google. Cool. Uh, if we, we have helped shape children's lives. Man, we are crazy for that. Oh, yeah. We always love hearing about that kind of stuff. Um, so we want to hear it. Send it to us. Uh, you can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook, uh, at StuffYouShouldKnow, Facebook.com slash StuffYouShouldKnow. Um, and you can send us an email at StuffPodcast at Discovery.com.
1: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com.